It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to uh, the last programme of yet another week. The week seemed to be flying by. John Paul taking calls this morning at 1850-333-103 and texts and WhatsApps already coming into the programme. Always great to have them to 0862-103-103. And let me start by just saying thank you to people who are taking time out to send in texts to wish Marsha happy birthday for tomorrow. And there was a number of texts in for Ken this morning because it's his daughter Caitlin's birthday at today so and it's Marcia's special day tomorrow and someone was saying by text does she realise what a birthday is and and it's hard to know whether she does or she doesn't but she gets excited about it because she knows when we start to talk about birthdays and we normally you know give her like balloons to show that it's her birthday and she gets excited because she knows she's, she's going to get presents and uh, so who doesn't love a present so thank you to, for people who are taking time out to wish her a happy birthday tomorrow and hoping that she enjoys the celebrations I think the biggest part of tomorrow is that her granny is coming to visit. She's coming down for afternoon tea and they haven't seen each other. I was trying to work it out. I think it's possibly since about September of uh, last year have they physically been together. And obviously we've been phoning granny and I've been doing FaceTime. But for Marsha, that doesn't work, obviously, with her disabilities. So for her to physically sit and they're both vaccinated, so they'll be able to hug each other and it'll be, to me, that's going to be probably the highlight of the day tomorrow. But then there are there is a further highlight to the day tomorrow and something I can really celebrate about because yesterday I felt like shouting the way the people used to do on that Love Island programme. I felt like shouting, got a text! I got a text message from the vaccination centre calling me for my vaccine and I'm getting my first shot tomorrow afternoon on Marsha's birthday. I was, do you know, when when I got it and I was had been sort of doing, you know, that positive visualisation, imagining the text arriving because I am just so desperate to get vaccine, to get the first vaccine and to get on the road of being fully vaccinated. And I was trying to visualise in my mind the text arriving and it did arrive yesterday afternoon and the feeling and the sensation. I think, and I was on my own when I got the text, I think it almost felt like a win I, I I mean I've never had a lot of win but I imagine that sense of excitement that builds up inside you that was my initial reaction was it was as if I had won something so it's just and then when I thought about it afterwards I was actually a little bit emotional about the whole the whole thing and my reason I think always for wanting this vaccine is because of Marsha and that's why I thought 
I'm going to get my first vaccine on her birthday, I thought was quite appropriate because my big concern was, I mean, nobody wants to get COVID, but my big concern was what if I got very unwell with COVID? What if I ended up having to go to hospital? What if I ended up in ICU? I wouldn't even like to think about what would happen if, if I passed away. But it, it was with, with Marsh in mind, if I ended up very unwell, even very unwell at home, but very unwell in hospital would be my ultimate nightmare. Oh my God, how would she be looked after? And I know, listen, I've, she's a wonderful dad and I've a great husband who's fantastic with her. But, you know, she's a little lady and there's only things that mummy can do for her, you know, like the showering and the dressing and all of that personal care. And it just filled me with absolute dread if I was to have to go to hospital because of COVID. And that's why we have been so ultra careful on not bringing COVID into our into our house. Obviously, there was the big worrying concern if she got COVID and ended up in hospital. I didn't, I used to have nightmares even imagining what that would have looked uh, like. And that's why she's now, why well, she still has to get her second jab, but she's gone past the first month after her first one. So she's deemed fully vaccinated. And that has been such a relief. And then obviously now it's for us as the parents to get fully vaccinated. So I got the text and I'm going for my first vaccine tomorrow and I am beyond excited. I actually don't think I'll sleep tonight. I'll be so excited about it. And there's so many people now starting to get uh, texts because they really are. There's a real sense at the moment of a ramping up of vaccinations. And I saw the HSE Chief Executive Paul Reid saying that there was joy and confidence emerging from the COVID-19 vaccination centres. Up to 280,000 people can expect a text message and can expect to get a vaccination shot next week. About a quarter of a million doses have been given out this week and the two millionth dose milestone that was passed yesterday and I don't know if they could ever know who was the person that got the two millionth dose but that was injected into somebody's arm yesterday. We're now at one in seven adults are now fully vaccinated and that's 37% of the population have received one dose. Paul Reid said it feels like we're all feeling a little bit better which is better obviously for the health uh, service Uh, and he used kind of the analogy as if we're in a, a football match. He said we're 2 nil up and it feels like we're winning but he did make the point that uh, many a good lead was lost in the second half of the game so it's not all over yet uh, we're still living in a pandemic we're still in this game but he said we're on the right side of it the HSC administered 235,000 vaccines last week and of course it was this day last week they had their highest daily toll 50,000 people were vaccinated this day last week but that figure has gone up because this week it's gone to a quarter of a million vaccines will have been administered by the end of this week and then next week they reckon between 260,000 and 280,000 people will receive a vaccine and it's not just vaccination centres, GPs really have been playing a blinder in all of this. So far GPs have administered 900,000 doses and that's going to go to 1.2 million by the end of next uh, week and the harm done by COVID-19 is reducing to a level last seen in July of last year. In July of last year we were opening up the country because we were all having staycations and you know we were all very positive about where COVID-19 was going but now with the vaccine effect that's where we're back to. We're doing even better. Less than 1% of the 2,175 cases over the last 14 days were among people over the age of 70. 
75 and that's obviously because they have all been vaccinated and are now in the main fully vaccinated. And then for the people that are housebound, the patients that haven't been able to get out to their GP practice or haven't been able to get out to any of the vaccination centres. We know it's the ambulance service that's been doing that. Uh, 2,400 housebound patients have received a first dose. A thousand of them have got their second dose and they reckon there's about 500 patients who are housebound who will be uh, this week the ambulance service will be calling to give them their vaccination at home. And the hospital numbers and the admissions of COVID-19 patients, that fell by 10% last week, as did the numbers of people being admitted into intensive care. That's all down to the vaccinations and the HSE. Then yesterday, they're advised to the maternity units, and that's an issue we've covered on the programme this week, is that partners should be allowed to be present during all stages of of labour. And that was the quote from Dr. Uh, Colm Henry. Uh, but we still have some hospitals are interpreting during all stages of, la- of labour, of just meaning the later stages of labour. Paul Reid has acknowledged visiting restrictions at maternity hospitals. He has admitted that it's caused a huge amount of anxiety to, cost to um, couples, but he's noticed that hospitals have a very challenging role to ensure that staff and patients are safe. But he said hospital groups have now been advised to comply with the conditions and these are the conditions that have been set out by the HSE. Now we had no further deaths from COVID-19 patients reported yesterday by Neffet, although numbers some people say the numbers are still high at 456 but when you do the breakdown of those 456 the vast majority of those are in people under the age of 45 and in the lower age groups and that traditionally are people while we still don't want people to be picking up COVID-19 but they have a tendency not to get is sick from it and therefore they have a tendency not to end up in hospital and not to end up in ICU. Dr Tony Hulhan, our Chief Medical Officer says our key objective now remains to follow the public health advice in our daily activity as we continue to chart through this pandemic. He's encouraging people though who have been fully vaccinated to safely resume their lives mindful obviously of all of the guidelines and for those awaiting vaccination he said the many choices we make to stick with the public health advice We'll keep ourselves and our loved ones safe. And that's what it's all about. It's about keeping yourself safe, but it's about keeping your loved ones safe as well. And a timeline for the expected rollout of COVID-19 vaccines to the remaining age groups. That's expected to hear more about that next week. Paul Reid said he hopes to draw up an indicative forecast of which people in their 40s and in their 30s and in their 20s, when they can be expect, rough timeline of when they can expect to get a jab. Now, again, it's all going to be reliant on the promised deliveries of vaccines arriving. But I have to say of late, all of the vaccines that have promised, and I mean, that's why the HSE and the GP practices are able to, you know, administer half a million, quarter of a million doses this week, nearly a quarter of a million last week, and even going higher next week. It's because the vaccine vaccines are coming into this uh, country. But Paul Reid said yesterday he is, uh, he's got some optimism that the green light will be given 
to administer more than 200,000 doses of the one-shot Johnson & Johnson jab to people aged 45 to 50. Now, those 200,000 jabs are not arriving until June. And if NIAC lowers the age of administering the AstraZeneca and that Johnson & Johnson jab, particularly to the 45 to 49-year-olds, then that certainly would quicken the rollout of the pace. And that is something that has been endorsed by the Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan, and Neffert as well. So we're awaiting on NIAC. NIAC are looking at that at the moment. And they're obviously looking at evidence from around the world as well, what other countries are doing. But certainly for that age group, the age group in their 40s, if they got the nod to get the Johnson & Johnson jab in June, it would mean they got one jab and that would be it. Two weeks later, they would be fully vaccinated. That certainly would be good news for those in their 40s. But it will be at some stage next week that we will be hearing as to what the timeline looks like and when people in their 40s and when the younger people, when they can expect to be given a jab. You've probably heard this already on the news that the HSE has had to shut down its entire IT system after a major cyber attack. God, I swear to God, those people that do those cyber attacks, the intelligence that they need to use in order to do those cyber attacks, why don't they put that intelligence into uh, something else? Now, we're on. We're getting on to the South Southwest uh, Hospital Group to see if any of the Cork hospitals are affected. I know certainly the Rotunda Hospital in Dublin has been majorly affected and they were asking people not to turn up for appointments today. They were so badly affected by it. But on the vaccination front, the vaccination programme isn't affected because that they seem to be using a different system uh, there but we'll wait and see uh, what comes from the South South West Hospital Group to see if any hospitals there are, any of our own hospitals have been affected by it and thank you to some listeners sending in photographs of a truck went over the bridge in Canturk at about 9 o'clock this morning now the photographs look dreadful thankfully the driver is okay but there's delays in the town as a result so if you were about to head to Canturk to do some shopping or go out and about I'd hold off for a little while and if you're stuck in traffic at the moment have patience and just listen to the radio for a little bit and it's the weather isn't isn't too bad and hopefully you won't get delayed for too long and thank you to uh, people uh, t- saying well done on getting my vaccination yesterday uh, Mary said you could hear the delight in your voice I, listen I've, I w- I'm on a high Mary I'm literally on a high uh, a high what centre are you going to I got uh, Mallow I'm going to the Mallow Centre which is great because as I say I have granny coming to visit and we have the cake cutting and all of that and listen if I'd got the city I wouldn't have been complaining but at least this way I can get to the vaccination centre and I've done and dusted and home and hopefully it won't won't be I won't be gone for too uh, long even though I'll probably be celebrating with everybody at the vaccination centre I'll be wanting to hug them but we're not allowed to hug unfortunately uh, Jim says happy birthday to your daughter Marcia uh, tomorrow enjoy your celebrations and congratulations on getting your vaccine appointment for tomorrow uh, I'm wondering is it Mallow yes it is I registered during the week for my vaccine isn't it one of the only advantages of getting older getting the vaccine early. Absolutely, Jim. I've never worried about being in my 50s since they opened that portal to allow us to get our vaccine. And Maura says, happy birthday to uh, Marcia. She's celebrating her special day with my beautiful daughter, Gemma, and my daughters and my granddaughter all on the same day. Blonneth, three much loved girls. Absolutely, uh, Maura. Happy birthday to Gemma and to uh, Blonneth for tomorrow as well. Congratulations on your vaccine uh, call. Have a great 
day. Thank you for that. Thank you, Kate, for your birthday wishes to Marcia. Best of luck tomorrow, says Bertie. I got mine last week and it was actually on my mum's anniversary. I was fine. Happy birthday to Marcia. Yeah, I think when it falls on a, a very special day, I mean, I couldn't believe when I saw that it was Marcia's birthday. I thought, oh my God, the gods are certainly working here. Hi, Patricia. I'm going for mine tomorrow. I'm in County, the County Kilkenny area. Oh, I take it you were the listener who was contacting us from Kilkenny during the week and you were waiting and wondering when your vaccine was coming through. So good to know you're getting yours tomorrow. And just to make other people aware of what happened to Tim and Mallow, because I've heard we had some listeners yesterday, a similar thing happened. Tim says, hi, Patricia, I got a call yesterday at about half 12 uh, to say that they, a vaccine had come available by cancellation and would I be willing to take it? I registered about two weeks ago and I thought I'd have to wait another couple of weeks. She called again at half past two to say, right, your vaccine is available. Come up. I was delighted. A great setup as well, says Tim in Mallow. And listen, I think that's fabulous that they're doing that rather than wasting any vaccine. If somebody, if there's a cancellation and they end up with extra vaccines, that's what they seem to be doing and I've heard that from another a number of other vaccination centres that they appear to be doing that so there isn't a single vaccine going to waste 1850 our lines are open you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor home business farm life and health insurance cmig.ie now we're going to hotel quarantine in Brisbane in Australia uh, because Debbie Tien who was originally from Bandoff Ballyvalan area of Cork contacted us by email she was listening to a podcast of the programme last la- last night and she joins me this morning or as it is in Australia good evening Debbie how are you? I'm I'm very well, and thank you for contacting uh, the program. And the reason you contacted us is, is you were listening yesterday to people who were complaining about having to travel from the to the city from the county. This is the two thousand people that the HSE have asked from North and West Cork. They've been sent to either Porky Cueve or to City Hall to get their vaccines. And you feel that people shouldn't be complaining about having to travel for a vaccine. Um, well, a couple of things. Uh, for first of all, it was just everybody was locked down for so long within the five k that you know you think they'd be happy to go for a bit of a spin at this stage, you know. <laughs> and um, and the other thing, it just gets it rolls on a little quicker, and the quicker everybody gets their jabs, the quicker we get back to normal, and that kind of thing, you know. So I kind of thought, Jesus, that's your only worry. You don't have too many, you know. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, you actually said you 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 would willingly have driven to Sligo if you could have got a vaccine. Oh, definitely. Um, we were bubbling with my uh, uh, home and she's in her 80s, so we, I, I was very cautious of anybody that came near us. And if I could have gotten the jab, I would just, I, I would have gone anywhere <laughs> to get the jab. It just so, just to be more protected. And, and again, it's just for the community at large that everybody does their best. And the, the sooner we're all vaccinated, the you know, the better for everybody. You know, so I, I would have gone. Too, I wouldn't care where I would have gone. I'm just hopped in the car and gone anywhere for my vaccine. Like, I know, I know. Looking forward to when I do get it. Yeah, and a lot of people feeling the very, very uh, same way, uh, Debbie. And you, firstly, and, and I should have started with this um, d- deepest, deepest sympathies to you on the the death of of your dad. You came back from Australia for when did you when did you come to visit your dad? Uh, 
Um, well, we knew he had terminal cancer, so I managed to get back in uh, early January. I landed on the 9th of January, um, and I got a few weeks with him. So I'll always have that time, you know. And at, again, at the time, you don't know how long he has and all this kind of thing. So to me, it didn't matter if he had a day, if he had a month, if he had six months. You know, I just wanted to be there for the and with the kids with us, you know, just so that he had family around him. And we were lucky enough that... He was able to go to my sister's place for, and he because it was Mary Mount they were talking about. So we were able to have him at home for when he passed. He was surrounded by family and that kind of thing. So it was uh, very important to us at the time. And I know it's been crazy expensive and very inconvenient in the grand scheme of things, but I, I would change a thing to be honest with you. Yeah, and you've made wonderful memories for your three children of their granddad. Because when when would you have last have been home? Um, well, we were lucky enough. Uh, we, we were in Perth now 10 years, but we didn't come back for the first five years because we were trying to, you know, we, when Ireland went belly up with the recession 10 years ago, um, we came out here. So it took us a, a fair while then just to get up and running again, you know, when you come over with the two backpacks and a couple of kids and you're crossing your fingers going, I hope this works. But um, it took us a while to, to get up and running. So it was about five years before we got back. But our parents then, Sean's parents were in their 80s and that, so they, they came out to us for the first few years. My dad managed to come out to us as well, but as time went on and they were getting older and that kind of thing, we said, all right, we're just going to have to put the head down and try to visit home. So we managed to get back uh, for the last couple of Christmases before my dad died. So we lovely memories. And he had a proper connection with the kids. It wasn't these strangers, you know. He he knew, you know, when you're living with somebody, you know what makes them cranky, what makes them happy. Yeah. And, so he really got to know the kids again, which is very, you know, which is great. And John's mom, my husband's mom, was on the same street, so that's uh, handy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we get to see her all the time as well. So you you came home to, and you, as you say, you got to spend those wonderful couple of weeks uh, with your your dad, and you brought the children. But you, your husband, obviously stayed in Perth, did he? Yeah, well, uh, we had to get the exemption to get back, so I got the exemption, and then we had to stay uh, for three months. So that was part of it. The they said I had to stay away for that long, so he had three months long service leave built up. They give you if here when you work in, in Western Australia, they give you ten months long service leave, which means or sorry, three months long service leave after ten years. So if you work with that company, you get paid basically three months holidays. So he was going to use that, but they said then that you might get stuck over there because they keep cancelling flights and and all that kind of thing. So he was nervous then that we'd basically run out of funds if we were on the other side of the planet with our, with our life over here. You still have to pay, you know, rent, mortgages, and all that kind of thing while you're away. So he stayed just, um, and he was right there because my, my flights got cancelled a few times, and that's why I ended up in Brisbane, even though we live in Perth, they, uh, they got cancelled last minute. And I ended up having to come to Germany and uh, Doha, and then we got here to Brisbane and on Monday all going well that'll be day 14 I'll, I'll get out of here and I'll have a flight another six hour flight back to Perth which will you know go from Cork to New York kind of thing so it's a fair old haul like it's a big country so but it's the only way to get back into Australia so because uh, they changed the goals for us all the time here with the vac- or with the COVID restrictions you know They are extremely strict in Australia but the payoff is there's little or no COVID there Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they are very, uh, they are very strict, and they batten down the hatches very quickly. You know, there was a case recently in Melbourne, and now people that are flying into Brisbane from Melbourne have been forced into two week quarantine. 
Um, and we, you know when because we just come through it. So with the, when you get to the airport, and that they you get met, met by the army and the police, and you're on a bus and you're segregated, and it's all very there's no messing. Like you just you're in and you're processed and you're you know you're treated as a contaminant kind of thing. Like so, the, and then you're shipped off to the hotel and you can't leave the the hotel room. And if you do, you have to start your 14 days all over again. And just there's fear strict. But as you say, though, the benefit then is that when I eventually get back. Um, you know, the kids can go to playgrounds and cinemas and swimming pools and have some bit of a normal life that we haven't had you know, before we left here the last time. So, yeah, because yeah, your your <laughs> your four months at home, you were there, you were here for all, you arrived when we were in lockdown. Yeah, yeah, I arrived at the height of it. Um, I, you know, a lot of people thought I was off my game to go back at all at that time, but um, you know, it was what it was, but I, and I was willing to to put up with it. But yeah, yeah, on the other side, then it was very tricky with the kids because you know I couldn't take them anywhere or do anything because we were trying to avoid people um, to to be safe and all that kind of thing. So uh, as a small fella, he's only three. And it was really difficult to explain to him that you know, no, you can't go to playground, no, you can't do this, no, you can't do that. So I just kept heading to like forests and just uh, anywhere that I could go, just that that'd be quiet for someone because just they could do what they like kind of thing. Then. No. I was supposed to be homeschooling as well at the same time, which uh, isn't going as it should be. But look, we're nearly there. <laughs> yeah, you're nearly there. Yeah, actually, your children are Aaron is 13, Danny is 10, and James is 3. So, how are you coping? What's hotel quarantine like in Brisbane? Well, um, I, I know I'm probably supposed to moan going about but we absolutely landed on our feet. We managed to get a two-bedroom apartment with two balconies and two toilets. So, you know, as far as being in a hotel with three kids, well, I was absolutely dreading that. But we were delighted when we landed, going, God, you actually have space. And, you know, if the kids drive each other nuts, they can go to a bedroom each kind of thing. And it's great to have that little bit of space and even the fresh air on the balcony. And, you know, for your own mental health, just kind of carry on. It's really important just to... To have that, you know, we have our own kitchen, and you know, it's it's as far as been trapped in a room for two weeks goes, it's as good as we can have it. So well done. We, we well really, done. really appreciate it. And we've beautiful view right in the city, and it's it's uh, you know, you get to watch the world go by, and every time you look at the building, it's a different type of light on it, depending on what time of day it is. So it's um, yeah, it's it's not you know, you could you know look at the negative and get really bored, but. I kept the kids busy. We brought over Lego. We do art, and we rearrange the furniture. Do a bit of gymnastics and stuff. With them and <laughs> but but, and but how strict? <laughs> how strict is it? I mean, are you allowed out for exercise breaks? No, 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 not at all. God, you can't go to the door. Not at all. No. Well, we hired an exercise bike for the two weeks, so I've set myself and the two older kids a challenge of uh, we have to cycle ten kilometers a day, and I thought it'd be not a bother. But my legs are killing me after the first. <laughs> I was like, oh, almighty, I've done this for ages. I'm um, I'm winning anyway on that challenge. I'm doing my 10 k a day, and I done 13 one day. I was like, all right, I'm over this thing now. But it's just some again something to do, keeping us busy, and something that you know the it, it's important as well to have these little things that you have to get through in the day. So sometimes I get to nine o'clock at night, I'm like, oh my god, I have to do the bike. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's it's there. So it's good. It's it's good to have those kind of things to to keep you busy while you're in here because you won't go mad otherwise. And are the food delivered, or are you cooking yourself? Um, a bit of both. They deliver food, uh, and as a case of you get what you get, you don't get it set. But I mean, it's, it's fairly varied. Um, uh, you know, it could be lasagnas or beef or curries or a, a really wide range. So and there's fresh food every day, and juice and snacks to get crisps and bars and stuff as well. And, um, so it's, it's good in that sense, but it is varied. But my kids are so fussy. I have to do Uber Eats nearly every other day because they just want to look at the dinner. And they're like, eh, curry. I know. <laughs> they don't eat it so. 
generally, um, like I've bought, I've done uh, Woolworths and Coles or like, you know, Duns and Super Valley. So I've done a few shops there. So I have the pasta and I have, you know, the carrots, the broccoli, all that kind of stuff myself. So I can just, you know, sometimes we'll just get something from the nugget shop and they'll deliver them up by Uber Eats or today they had a chicken and chips in some place. Um, and then just, and then, you know, maybe tomorrow just a rice dinner or something like that. So, so they're fierce fussy, so I'd manage them myself. And uh, I, I actually don't mind the food at all that we're given here. Um, it's quite nice, actually. Okay. And the big question, I mean, a two-bedroom apartment for two weeks, how much is it costing you? Oh, it's... Um, it's going to work out about seven thousand and odd dollars. I, I first I thought it was going to be about three grand, and I was like, "Oh, we managed that, you know, just about when I'm because I obviously I'm working up a month." So, um, and uh, yeah, then I thought when it's a family room, it's uh, it was going to be about five grand. But because we're after getting a two bedroom thing, it's it's more. So, like, oh Jesus! But at this stage now, like that on top of flights, and I have to I have to pay another two grand. I would just get back to Perth on Monday. So my poor credit card now has a do not resuscitate sign on it at this stage. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. So, that's uh, it. Listen, that's it. And and release day, release day is Monday. All going well. Uh, flight home, and then life can return to to normal. And what do you work at, uh, Debbie? Uh, I teach swimming for the Department of Education in uh, Western Australia, so it works perfectly when you got school age children. Because um, then I'm off on holidays and the kids are off on holidays and that kind of thing. I know because the whole working juggly thing when you're a mom is is, is hard going. And so this for now seems to be done to the ground, you know. And I enjoy it. I love doing it. So it's great. What age group do you teach? Uh, all all school age kids um, from kind of four or five upwards to generally about twelve ish. But sometimes we get the older kids then coming in some of the high school kids. But yeah, any age. But I've I've taught them for a long time, so. Um, and I, I I do a lot of the kids that might have disabilities or amputations things like that. But I you know when you're doing it for a while, it's nice to have the challenges as well. So well done. Um, well, well. I love it. And did you do here in this weather? Yeah. Well, and of course yeah. in in Australia, Australia, swimming is it's it's like. Children in Ireland learning to ride a bike. Children in Australia all learn to swim. Yeah. It's it's so much a part oh, of yeah. their lives. Yeah. Were you doing that? You you were hardly doing that here in Ireland, were you? I was. Yeah, yeah. Were I you? used to work. Um, uh, well, once upon a time, I, I used to work in Macy's Sports Complex, and I worked in the Mardi Arena. Oh, right, okay. So, and uh, the Maribor Hotel, I worked there for a good lash as well. So, yeah, I've, I've been in the kind of fitness and swimming industry for. Since I was seventeen, <laughs> so it's been a, it's, it's a while. But um, you know, I, I'm lucky to to do a job that I really enjoy. You know, so and as you say over here, they're just in, it's so important because my kids when they were younger, you know, they want to go for uh, you know they want to go to their friend's house for a play date or whatever, and I'd be like, or right, if that person has a pool, no, you know, I, 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 it's just something that you have to be conscious yeah. of because there is backyard drowning and stuff over here, so. I've always been, you know, very strict enough on that to make sure the kids are up to scratch. Like, you know, golf kids, if they did fall in, that they'd be all right. But moreover, if someone else fell in, that they could try to help them and that kind of thing. Such really an important skill, it really is. So you'll be reunited with your beloved Sean on, on Monday. I'd say you and the kids can't yeah. wait. Oh, God, it'll be brilliant. It's great. Like, technology is fantastic. It's been a saving grace because we've been able to FaceTime every day and sometimes the small fellow will just have Sean on the phone and prop next to him they can watch Peppa Pig on the telly with him or something like that you know so he's part of the of the everyday anyway you know so it's, it's great that way I mean 
when I first came out to Australia in '98, I remember writing letters home to my mom and stuff like that. So it's it's much different now. It's yeah. much easier in that sense. It would have been completely different if this whole thing happened 20 years ago. I got almighty. You know what we've done, but it's a lot different these days. And as I say, it, you know, it has been hard. But I, you know, you, you look at the positive side. That you know, he can see the kids every day. He can talk to them every day. And, um, and he's up to scratch with everything that's happening in their life. So it's uh, it's great that sense, you know. But obviously, on Monday, he'd be absolutely thrilled with kids. It's not the same as so a fun. hug, though. But, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it'd be great when we get back to Port Relaxion to hug people. <laughs> because something I, I couldn't really do I the know. whole time we were there. So Listen, it's been, be it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you, Debbie. I hope the weekend flies. You'll get on that plane on Monday and you'll, <laughs> you'll be back in, in Perth. Uh, and once again, deepest, deepest condolences on the death of your lovely dad. But listen, thanks for taking time out to contact us and to talk to us today. Oh, no bother, Patricia. Thanks for okay, being Bye bye, bye bye. Debbie Tehan, there, originally Debbie Cashman, uh, joining us from Perth in Australia, where she is in hotel quarantine. 1850 333 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. New research from Safe Food in support of the START campaign has found that almost 50% of parents and guardians said children are eating more treats since the start of the pandemic and they're now finding it difficult to keep the amount of treats their children eat to a minimum. Joining me with advice from Safe Food is Chief Specialist in Nutrition and that's Joanna De Silva. Good morning to you, Joanna. Good morning, Patricia. And, and you're welcome. Is it simply because we all have spent too much time at home that we're just giving our children too many treats? It was a very difficult year for everyone, children included, and it did have an impact on what we eat and how active we are as a, a, as families. And that's, you know, it's something that we all understand, lockdowns, homeschooling, working from home, a lack of social contact. Uh, I mean, children didn't go to playgrounds, they didn't play sports, they didn't see granny or granddad. So we did, we did use streets more often to... Um, and it's now with the measures, measures easing up and, uh, you know, the weather is bright and nice. Now it's the time to restart some of those healthy habits that slipped a bit during the pandemic. So yeah, because people, adults, adults joke about having put on the COVID stone. And for some people, mm-hmm. they have literally put on a stone during the pandemic. I mean, is the knock on, are you worried that children have put on excess weight during the pandemic? We... Uh, we do what we what we know is that the, the health behaviors that uh, uh, that we look at uh, physical activity screen time eating treats changed and that now it's a good time to address them I do believe that if we if we make small changes now that will last a lifetime our children will do really really well and that's where the focus should be really Okay, and you've this start campaign has been launched by Safe Food to support parents. Tell me a little bit about that. So the start campaign is a five-year public health uh, campaign that Safe Food runs in partnership uh, with the HSC and Healthy Ireland, and, and the campaign encourages parents to, you know, to do small to make small changes that are going to address uh, different uh, uh, different key habits. Uh, eating more fruit and vegetables, drinking more water, for example, and one of them is treats. So this current phase that we launched last week is focusing on giving treats a break. And when we say giving treats a break, we do acknowledge and understand that treats are part of our lives. 
They should be treats, though, not the norm. And that's what we are trying to do. Uh, I think we normalize treats over over the last uh, over the the last while, and it's important now to make sure that they are not the norm and that they become treats again. Okay, and you can change uh, a treat a treat that you would eat into something like, well, if you do X, Y, and Z, we'll go to the park, we'll go for a cycle. You can yes. suggest an activity rather than a treat. Absolutely. So uh, the, the 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 start campaign. We have a brilliant website. Make make a start with plenty of, uh, of tips and advice for parents. Um, we, are, we have resources like video from child psychologists and, and health experts because changing a, a, a routine or creating a new habit, it will take some time and some effort. Uh, it may not be easy some days, but the good thing is that we can restart again. So a, a few tricks, a few things that we can do. Avoid the treat area in the supermarket. You know, if you don't bring them home, it definitely reduces the temptation for, for the adult and the child if they are not around. Um, make a plan. Talk to your child. So we as a family are going to to start a, a small challenge. We are going to eat less treats and it's going to be different. The journey is going to be different from my house to your house, for example. But it's important to, to involve the child. And if they understand why we are doing this, they will they will be delighted to join the parents too. So there's a bit of role modeling too, you know. We need to to make sure that we are doing the same. Mm, mm. Uh, and and I think that's <laughs> I think a great piece of piece of advice is not having so many treats in the house. If they you know, if the treats aren't in the cupboard, then the children can't have them. Definitely. And if you as a family agree that you're not going to have treats until the weekend, for example, don't keep them at home Monday to Friday, you know. They are not there. We agree that in our house we're only going to have them on a Saturday and Sunday. So that's when, and that's when we get them. For parents, Joanna, who are worried about their children's weight, uh, what do you advise? I mean, I assume the word diet is never used with a child. That would, that would be a conversation that I would definitely uh, ask parents to have with their GP. So it's something that needs to be addressed by a healthcare professional, not in the context of a public health campaign. Okay, but don't don't ignore it because it can you can end up a lifetime of problems. Don't ignore it if you have a concern in relation to to, to uh, it should be treated like any other health concern. If you have a concern in relation to your child, you talk to your GP. Absolutely, okay. don't avoid it and address it as soon as possible. Okay, listener wants to know what would Joanna recommend as a healthy snack. So yes, if if, if we are talking about. Uh, snacks that children may need because they are genuinely hungry, you know. Offer uh, crackers and cheese instead of chocolate biscuits, for example, or plain popcorn or breadsticks instead of crisps, a low-fat yogurt, some fruit. Uh, it's it's always the best option, not the chocolate bar. And make the healthy choice the easy choice. So have some chocolate fruit in the fridge, have some carrot sticks there that they can take. Make it very, very easy for them. Have it available there so it becomes the routine. It becomes their their op- their choice, their food of choice if they are if they are hungry in between meals. Yeah, we discovered one lately: uh, frozen grapes. And then there's okay. fun. There's fun even getting the grapes, washing the grapes, and getting the grapes ready, and putting them into small containers, and then putting them into the the freezer. And they're they're a great little treat. They're a treat and a snack at the same time. See, and what you did there now, Patricia, was 
to, to give me something that works for you in your own house and that I may actually be trying online. Yeah. <laughs> with that, I would actually invite all your listeners to join us on all our social media channels and, and my colleagues in, in communications do a great job at keeping the, the content very interesting and, and very supportive. But our Facebook, uh, our Facebook page, the Safe Food page, as a group that is supporting parents uh, d- during the or, or, or uh, with, the, with messages and conversations around the start uh, the start campaign. Yeah. And this is what we are trying to do. You know, first of all, it's very empowering to know that we all go through the same. That we all we all we are great parents. We do the best for our children, and we want the best for them. Well said. That's something that we need to to all acknowledge first of all, and then we can learn so much from each other. You know. Even knowing that you have good strategies that I can learn from and try in my own home, it's it's very helpful. So I would definitely uh, I would definitely ask your listeners to check us on on Facebook and to join the group. Okay, and it's under Safe Food. It's under the Safe, Safe Food, Food page. page. Yes. Okay, listen, Joanna, it was really enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you for that, Thank and you, uh, thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is uh, Joanna De Silva, who is a chief specialist in nutrition at uh, Safe Food. We're going to take a break. We've news at eleven on the way. Cork today on C one o three with Sean Cusack Insurances Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. Cmig.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Can anybody help out Robert, one of our listeners, say, Patricia, last night, just before midnight, my husband and I were on our balcony looking at the stars and we were surprised to see a long line of moving star-like objects, 24 plus, moving in a very straight line from west to east. Would anyone have any idea what that could have been? Star-like objects, 24 plus, moving in a straight line from west to east. Any stargazers out there can tell us and uh, we'll pass the information on to Robert as to what was going on in the night sky last night. If you can help us with that, please do. 1850-333-103. And then a listener on the story out of Canturk this morning that we've been hearing about and this was a a truck went over the bridge I've seen some of the photographs scary indeed happened about nine o'clock this morning the driver thankfully is okay but obviously there is delays in the town as a result listener wants to know have they got the concrete truck out of the Canturk River yet I don't I don't I I simply don't know and will the road be closed for long I don't know I need to hear from anybody in the Canturk area who could update us on that we haven't had any updates certainly in the last hour so if anybody wants to, if anybody in the Canturk area can tell us what's going on, is the truck that initially went over the bridge and into the river, has it been removed and is the road still closed? I imagine that's going to take quite a few hours uh, to sort out. But thankfully, the good news is that the driver is OK. But if anybody has information on that, can you let us know, please? And we can pass it on. Somebody says that the 24 star-like objects moving in a straight line from west to east, they're Elon Musk's Starlink satellites. Um, and Donald says they're Elon Musk's Starlink satellites are they? Okay we'll get that checked thank you for that it's Donald seems like he's a man in the know some more of your calls uh, coming in somebody reacting to Debbie who joined us from Brisbane in hotel quarantine and she was just had listened to our podcast last night and was just Talking about the people, we had some people who were complaining yesterday who had got, after getting an appointment for their vaccines on Saturday and Sunday, they're in the county and they've 
they're bypassing their own vaccination centres and they have to go to the city. And I know it's frustrating to have to drive past the vaccination centre to head on into the city. People are getting their vaccines at either the Porky Cueve or at uh, City Hall. And some people were upset about it, but the HSE had given us, in fairness, they did give us the heads up earlier in the week that they would be issuing text messages to people. To, I think it's 2,000 people in total from North and West Cork. They're trying to get the over 60, the 60 to 9 cohort. They're trying to get them finished by the end of the week. And they realised they weren't going to have enough appointments available in the Mallow Centre in North Cork or in the Clan or Bantry one in West Cork. So what they decided to do was the 2,000 people were selected and they were sent to the city instead. Some people are not happy about it. Now others are saying, look, doesn't and I know personally, I know some friends of mine who have been called and are going into the city and this a bit of an inconvenience but they'll willingly do it in order to get the vaccine. But Debbie was on she was listening to that while in a hotel quarantining in Brisbane and how strict they are in Australia when it comes to all the rules and regulations and she would happily go anywhere to get a vaccine and so that's why she contacted us just to say to people please you know don't be complaining go and get your vaccine and I know it's a bit of an inconvenience but that's all it is at the end of the day it's just a bit of an inconvenience. Patrick in Cork City listened with interest to Debbie and said everything she said is true. Some people are never happy unless they have something to complain about. Hi Patricia, double celebration for you tomorrow. Happy birthday day to your daughter Marsha and a big happy jab day to you. Thank you. That's from Catherine in Glamour. Thanks for that uh, Catherine. And then somebody else when they heard that I was getting my vaccine tomorrow and how excited I am about it said Patricia hopefully all vaccines will be done soon. Reason I text is my daughter has asthma and she works with children and I have uh, other siblings who work in busy stores and obviously dealing with the general public all of the time. Well as we mentioned we should be from next week hearing how the younger generation will be what day kind of a timeline of when they will receive their vaccines but just for your daughter who has asthma there has been now this is something that I noticed here in the programme from some of the calls we were getting in from people who would be in either cohort 4 or cohort 7 this is people with underlying illnesses and who should be going to their GP to get a vaccination programme there seems to be a little bit of a problem because not all GP have signed up, particularly for those in group, the patients that are in group seven. Who are the patients that are in cohort seven? There's a huge amount of people. There's people with various types of uh, cancers, for example. There's people with chronic heart and vascular disease, chronic kidney disease, chronic liver disease, chronic neurological disease. And the examples they give there are people with Parkinson's, people with cerebral palsy, anyone with a chronic respiratory disease. Now that's things like stable cystic fibrosis. But they also use the example of severe asthma. This is somebody who is continuously using uh, steroids people with moderate COPD, people with type 1 and type 2 diabetes are in cohort 7, people who are immune compromised, people who have inherited metallic diseases, people with intellectual disabilities excluding those with Down syndrome, people who are obese with a BMI over 35. It also includes people with severe mental illness, people with schizophrenia, bipolar, people with severe depression. They're all in cohort 7 and they should be at this, this stage either have had their jabs or getting their jabs and it was the GPs were asked to go through their list of people and to give 
the injections to people in cohort four and cohort seven. Now, the m- most cohort four seems to have been done by the GPs, but again, there's probably some that haven't. But certainly, people in cohort seven, because we've been hearing from them here on this program. And I know I read a piece uh, this morning from the HSE that they reckon only about three thousand people in cohort seven have already received their uh, jab, and that has to do with the fact that some GPs have decided no, we did the over seventies. Not everybody signed up and a large number did sign up to do cohort four, but there was a smaller number decided to opt out of doing cohort seven. And we heard from a number of our listeners who were saying they contacted the GP and the GP said, no, we've decided we're not doing cohort seven, get on to the HSE. And of course, when they get on to the HSE and they outline what's wrong with them, they say, oh, no, no, it's your GP is doing that. And they're sort of in a little bit of limbo. So because of that, the HSE has now decided that they are going to roll out a portal they're going to open up a portal for people in Group 7 on that priority list. And that, of course, includes people six who are aged in Court 7. It's people that the, the list of diseases and conditions that I mentioned, it's those aged between 16 and 64 who have these uh, severe illnesses. The HSE's National Lead for Vaccines, Damien McCallion, has said that then a new portal will open today and tomorrow because they accept now that some GPs did not sign up for the programme and patients are in a little bit of limbo. Now, I don't have any definite that the portal is open today yet, uh, but they're they're saying it'll either be today or tomorrow. I imagine what they do, because the HSE have been really, really good about this, about advertising when any of these portals are open. I mean, we've been hearing and we've been running it certainly on this programme and every radio station has been running it when they opened it up for the 60 to 69 year olds and the ads have been running this week and last week for the 50 to 59 year olds. And I imagine that they will do the very same thing. They will run an ad campaign to tell people who are in cohort seven, who are aged between 16 and 64 who haven't received a vaccine and are in this little bit of limbo you will be asked to register on that portal so please hang tough. Now the HSE do say for the people in that suffering from any of those illnesses people who are in their 50s or their 60s they're saying go on to the HSE portal because if you're in that age if you're in anything from 50 up, you're already entitled to uh, register at the moment. So feel free uh, to do that. But for the others under 50 from 16 to 50 in cohort uh, seven, the HSC certainly are very aware that they seem to have fallen between two stools and they're in a bit of limbo. As I say, we, I certainly, I wasn't surprised when I read it this morning because we were certainly getting calls in from people with, you know, very severe asthma, uh, people who had chronic kidney disease. We were hearing from people who had chronic heart disease for example like heart failure and hypersensitive cardiac disease and they were people who were definitely in cohort 7 but they were saying that when they got onto their GP the GP was saying no 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 you need to go to the HSC and the HSC then were just bouncing them back to the GP so they were falling between two stools so it's good to know that that has been rectified and let me just stay with the HSC for a moment because I opened the programme this morning by mentioning that the entire IT system for the HSC was after a, a major cyber attack that happened last night and it has now led to a national IT outage at the HSE and we were wondering what was going on here in Cork. Well, I've had an email in to say the Cork University Hospital unfortunately has been affected. Some systems literally uh, are are working in a limited uh, capacity because they're not connected to the network but other services are completely gone and because of that the HSE are saying to the public today if you have an OPD 
appointment, chemotherapy appointment, a surgery appointment. You're, you're to come to the hospital as normal. If there's going to be any cancellation in any for any of those appointments, you would have been contacted. But if you have an appointment this afternoon, say for chemotherapy and you haven't heard, then please attend as uh, normal. Now, they say you may expect normal systems to be limited because the HSE may not have access to a full suite of records. So that's going to cause some problems. Labs are also severely affected by this. So existing GP bloods, they're not going to be processed at this time. So that's going to have a on effect for GP practices across the city and county. They're only taking emergency bloods today. Patients with x-ray appointments uh, today, they should not attend unless you were contacted. So if you had an x-ray and you haven't heard, then please don't show. And radiotherapy appointments have all been cancelled as well for today. And CUH are also asking the general public to please only attend the accident and an emergency department in emergency situations and that delays are certainly going to be longer than usual as a result of this IT situation and the hospital have promised that they will advise us if there's any change to the uh, current status so that I I expected when I heard it this morning even though National Radio it seemed to be all about the Rotunda Hospital but I was thinking if that is a national IT outage then of course it's going to affect us here in Cork as well and it is. 1850 John Paul taking your calls you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Excavator driver is wanted for immediate start. That's for Cork City and County. While the West Cork Hotel, that's in Skibbereen, they're recruiting at the moment for full and part time receptionists. They're also looking for food and beverage assistance and they're looking for a night porter. An experienced ground worker is wanted. That's for work in the Castletown Bear uh, area. While an office administrator is wanted for part-time work. That's in Cork City. You need to have good typing skills. You'll find all the further details and many, many more jobs. You probably have the busiest job link I've seen in quite some time. And you can get all of the details of all the other jobs by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Okay, and a couple of people asking when I mentioned that I'm getting my vaccine jab uh, yesterday. How long since uh, registering did you have to wait? I registered on the Wednesday of last week as I had marked up on the calendar the three week mark <laughs> Instead of had dirty three weeks, I was going to contact them. So I was a week and a day since I uh, registered. And do you know what uh, va- vaccine? What, what what vaccine you're getting? I'm getting the Pfizer. It says on the on the text message that I got because it actually tells you uh, the particular brand of vaccine that you're getting but you know as I've always said I'll take any vaccine that they have ready and waiting for me and there is a facility on it if the appointment date didn't suit that you could change you could press that it doesn't suit and they obviously I don't know how long you wait uh, you wait for a new date if that particular date doesn't doesn't suit but certainly hearing from some of our listeners who are getting calls from vaccination centres there has been some cancellations and obviously last minute cancellations so that's why they're ringing people and getting people to turn up you know can you come in a few hours but I'm assuming that they ring people they know by the postcode that are living close to the vaccination centre I'm imagining that that's what they are doing Patricia it was so lovely to hear Debbie on the line from Brisbane in Australia from her 
hotel quarantining and she's quarantining with three young children as well. She's a, a mighty woman and, you know, considering I was very conscious that she had buried her dad recently and that's the reason that she was home. But the only reason that she was allowed out of Australia on compassionate leave to visit her dad, who was at end stage cancer, she had to commit and say that she would stay out of the country for three months. I mean, it's it's not even just a case of leave me on a plane. And I know in Australia you have to apply for those slots on the plane. There isn't a, a seat for everybody on the plane. It's the same with the hotel quarantine. There isn't a room. They have a set amount of rooms. And once those rooms are gone, you've got to wait your turn until there's a room available. It's just they really are strict. And has it paid off? Yes, of course it has. And that's what somebody is texting about. God, it was lovely to hear, hear Debbie and how positive she was following all of the COVID rules and regulations in now her country of Australia. No wonder Australia is able to enjoy a normal life when everyone complies so willingly and they do it for the good of the country and they do it for the good of everybody in Australia. Isn't it such a pity that our country did not implement strict mandatory guidelines like they've done in Australia, like they've done in New Zealand at the very start of uh, COVID. Instead of trying to placate so many people this year could have been so very different for all of us if we had introduced mandatory quarantining yeah at the hotels at the very start because we would have stopped we would have stopped it coming in and that's what Australia has done I mean they get odd cases but they're generally linked to the quarantine hotel somehow somebody met with somebody or somebody working at the hotel even though they've started vaccinating now most of the workers who are working in the hotel system but even when there was one case last weekend there was one person and they actually it's kind of a strange one because they can't work out and it's the Indian variant they can't work out how he's picked it up because he wasn't travelling overseas but they literally locked down uh, Sydney and and even this week they're back to mask wearing and social distancing and when I say they locked it down their life is still going on I would think is normal but they've put in place uh, stricter rules and uh, regulations and that was just on one case It's a, they really have done it very well the only thing I will say about New Zealand and Australia and other countries that have done the mandatory quarantine and managed to keep COVID out they are much slower when it comes to the rollout of the vaccines and they could end up in maybe the end of the year as a little bit kind of outliers to the rest of the world because while they've done well, they've done really well in protecting their citizens and keeping COVID out. But New Zealand, Australia, Japan and uh, South Korea are languishing in single figures when it comes to the number of people that have been vaccinated. So they really need to move on the vaccination. And the other thing I've noticed certainly in Australia there is a lot of vaccine hesitancy and it's because they haven't experienced any large waves of COVID-19. I mean, most Australians will admit to you that they don't know anyone who got COVID and certainly very few of them would know somebody who died of COVID-19. Where I think it's different here, I think all of us now sadly know somebody who passed away because of COVID and we certainly all know numbers of people who had COVID and will tell you how unwell they were. So therefore we have a fear of COVID and we want to get our vaccine so that we can get on with our lives. So while we'll praise 
face the likes of Australia and New Zealand and uh, Japan and say, you know, well done, you have protected your people, but you wonder how long it's going to take them to catch up with the rest of the world on vaccines because they will need to open up their countries as well, particularly Australia and New Zealand. Uh, they're a little bit, they're even more than us when they rely on tourism and obviously there's going to be no tourism. There's nobody flying in and out of Australia at the moment unless it's absolutely uh, necessary. 1850 Now, a lot of people are saying, reacting to Robert, who sent in the text about the, and I must have a look in the sky to see if I can see these, these star-like objects. Uh, they, Robert said they counted 24 plus, moving in a straight line from west to east. And lots of people are saying, yeah, Donald was first in to say they're Elon Musk's starlight satellites. And lots of people are saying the same uh, thing. Somebody else says, I've actually seen them a couple of times, says another texter. It can look very creepy at, at times. I must keep a look in the night sky for that. Keep a lookout uh, for it. But it's 24 plus. But they're, because obviously they're satellites, they, it will, from, the, from, you know, from here, the naked eye, they will look like a starlight. They look like they're stars, but of course they're not actually stars. But they move in a completely straight line because they're actually satellites. So, and I don't know if they're seen, are they seen in the night sky every night or do we only see them at certain times? And I imagine the conditions have to be right uh, for them. But thank you. Lots of people saying that's exactly what they are. And somebody says, Patricia, they're not. They're not. It's aliens. The aliens, they're coming to get us. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG. Since the month of May began, we have had some really bizarre weather. We've had days when the sun is shining and then within minutes it's bucketing down with hailstones. Not to mention last week having to de-ice the car on several mornings. So to try to make some sense of what is going on, I'm joined by Alan O'Reilly of the hugely popular Carlo Weather uh, website. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, You're welcome to the programme. This is not very typical May weather, is it? No, no, it's certainly not typical. Um, temperatures have been well below normal. Um, the showers, I suppose, wouldn't be on would be that unusual, but it wouldn't be typical either. Um, so the temperatures are very unusual. The the setup in terms of the thundery showers can happen, um, but for how long it would be unusual. So we're seeing kind of days and days now where we're having these. I suppose, you know, hit and miss showers. And if you've been caught out in one, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they kind of come very quickly and it gets very wet and even hail showers. And then there's other people maybe that have, haven't seen one and, and wonder what we're all talking about because they're very localised, which is part of the problem. And that also makes it very difficult, Patricia, to try and forecast where they're going to hit. Yeah, you'll hear, I mean, you can be in an area and literally a couple of miles down the road, they're not getting the showers at all. Yeah, that that's really is how localised it is. And even some thunderstorms. So you can get, we had some thunder and lightning in the last few days as well and some really bad downpours and, as I say, hail. And as over the field, nearly, or nearly the other side of the field, the sun could be splitting the rocks. So 
it does make for, for interesting conversations when people are talking about the weather. Maybe now they're getting back into the hairdressers and they're talking about the weather and one might say it was a lovely day yesterday and the other might say it was awful. <laughs> yeah, and even around the country, the country is very divided. But when you're talking about the thunder and lightning, I mean, the power of lightning, that very sad story out of England, obviously England are having similar weather to what we're having. There was a little boy killed out soccer training. Did you see that oh, in England? Uh, it was struck by lightning. That's did, a very yeah. unusual occurrence, isn't it? It is a very unusual occurrence. There was an awful lot of lightning, though, over parts of the UK. Um, I mean, far, far in excess of what we saw, hundreds of lightning strikes. But unfortunately, very sad story and, and very unusual. But it is a reminder, um, you know, to people that lightning can and will cause problems. Now, thankfully, it usually hits trees and, and you know, tall buildings rather than, you know, people. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know of local issues recently. We had some lightning in Carlow and people's houses were struck or you know, the near power lines and a lot of their electronic equipment was damaged and stuff. So it is it is unfortunately a problem and it can obviously have devastating consequences. Thankfully, that is very rare, but it was. Yes, but it just shows the power of lightning. And if there's lightning, get in out of it, don't I? I mean, we have a tendency to go out and take a look at it, but you've got to be so careful. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, I, I mean, I remember being on a golf course once and there was thunder rolling and I started heading and the people with me were like, where are you going? And I was like, well, I'm not holding a metal rod out in an open field when there's a lightning storm nearby, you know. It's, but I'm not sure people necessarily always grasp the, the seriousness of it. Yeah, OK. Alyssa was saying with the showers that we're experiencing in May, they're very like April showers, but it just happens to be in the middle of May. Yeah, the old saying, the April showers bring the May flowers, but in this case, it's the May showers that are really covering the, the flowers that have been struggling because the frost, as you say earlier in, in, the, in the month of May, caused a lot of problems for, for fruit farmers and growers and gardeners. And, you know, the, the gardeners were really trying to get out with the flowers, but the weather wasn't suited. Now, thankfully, the risk of frost is eased. But uh, we do have more rain, actually, just off the southwest coast, just off the south coast, there is a band of cloud and rain pushing in. So for, for your listeners in Cork, it's going to start raining late this afternoon, early evening, probably around five or six o'clock rain is going to push in. Um, and it is going to be a wet evening, um, but it will it will clear by, by morning um, until more heavy showers again. Uh. So, the, the so is, is the weekend wet? Very showery again. So once once that rain this evening clears, there'll be a, a bit of a break tomorrow morning. Um, but then very heavy showers again tomorrow afternoon. Sunday morning again will start off nice, um, some bright spells, but more showers Sunday afternoon. Now Cork might do better than many parts of the country on, on Sunday. Um, but uh, if you're looking for windows to get out and maybe get the walk or the run in, then Saturday morning or Sunday morning, Sunday morning probably the best. And that seems to be very typical of the way the weather has been because I know there was a good few mornings this week I came to work and it was just glorious. We had clear blue skies. It was almost felt like a bit of heat in the morning sun. And then in the afternoon, if you didn't have the raincoat with you, you were absolutely drenched. Yeah, and that's kind of typical of that that setup we have at the moment where you get some nice blue skies, you say, and then unfortunately when the sun gets up, it bubbles up that those showers and they can become very, you know, very intense very quickly. So it is typical enough to have a nice morning followed by a showery afternoon. And, and then really then the afternoon depends on whether you get hit by showers or not. The temperatures are, are struggling, but they're, they're in or around kind of a little bit below normal. So 13, 14 degrees probably for Cork. Um, but when the sun is out, it does feel quite pleasant. Mm, the it does, is yeah. once, once it goes in and, and those showers come, the temperature drops very quickly. So... 
you can go from the t-shirt and enjoying the sunshine to the, the raincoat very quickly. And April was a bit strange as well with temperatures. I mean, we had some, some really warm days and then we also had some very cold days. Yeah, it was, it was the coldest April on record at Dublin Airport on the East Coast. 78 years that record stood. So, so that was a bit unusual. Um, but as you say, we also had some very warm weather. Cork and Kerry saw some very warm weather at the start of April. The 1st of April was the warmest day with Valencia and Kerry getting up to 21.2 degrees. Whoa. So, you know, if you think about we had 21 degrees in the 1st day of April and now we're struggling to get above 15 <laughs> degrees, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, Alan, that's Irish weather for you, isn't it? I, I, would you worry about the hospitality sector? I mean, we're, we're being told we'll be dining outside and we'll be drinking outside and that's what the summer is going to be like. That could be tricky with, with the Irish weather. It is. I think I'm going to be getting a lot more messages from people that are planning their, their outdoor dining. Um, it is going to be tricky. I would say to people that the meteorological season of summer doesn't start till the 1st of June. So from a weather point of view, we're not into summer yet. I know we all learned in school that May was summer, but you know, you would hope that things will improve. It does. If you're looking for some hope from the weather forecasting and the weather models, the longer range models do show a chance of high pressure building around the end of the month, maybe from the 25th onwards. Okay. So we, we, we could see some milder and hopefully settled weather. And I think it's a settled weather, really. I mean, it's easy enough to put on maybe a big jumper even in June or July in the afternoon or evening if you need it. It's those showers and those, those the rainfall, really, that make outdoor dining. And, like, again, very hard to plan. So if you're trying to even organise a barbecue yourself for the weekend at the moment, it's very hard to plan. Never mind if you're... a an outdoor restaurant to plan maybe to seat up to 100 people, you know. Yeah, it is It is really going to be hard. Danny has a week off next week. <laughs> His holidays start from from a finish of work today. What's next week's weather forecast like, Alan? It, it's going to be showery again, but there will be there will be some good sunny spells. And for if he's staying local in Cork there, he should be okay. Not too bad Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There will be some showers, but not too many down south. Okay. All right. Listen, Alan, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Richard. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is Alan O'Reilly of uh, Carlo Weather. As I say, it's just been such bizarre weather uh, for sure. Uh, we just we want a little bit of sun and a little bit of warmth just a little bit of dry weather would be nice I'm getting a number of calls in from listeners including this one St Patricia just wondering any of your listeners know if the bridge in Kenturk is open or closed I need to collect my daughter at 1pm from school so we're coming we'll come to the school run in a little over an hour and a half I'm wondering if uh, we need to take an alternative route uh, the last we have heard it definitely is still closed off and we are getting on to the guards to get the very latest and we'll bring it to you as soon as if we get any update but one listener said it was a concrete Larry that went over the bridge uh, and uh, so lucky that no car or school children were walking there at the time. It uh, could have been a nasty accident and thank you. And thankfully the lorry driver is okay. Absolutely. See, it happened at nine so imagine all the children were already in school or uh, well and well uh, at the schoolyard uh, thankfully. But yes, there is going to be a collection for children will have to be collected from at school. So I'm imagining as of now, definitely alternative routes. I'm seeing a photograph that somebody sen- sent in to me and you can see that the bridge is completely closed off at the moment and I imagine that alternative routes are well signposted if you are heading into Kenturk. If you don't need to be in Kenturk, I would say avoid, but obviously for parents who've got to pick up children, they don't have any choice. As I say, we're getting on to the guards and if we get anything from them before the, uh, in the next couple of minutes, I will bring it, I can see John Paul is actually on to them at, at the moment. The guard, they have confirmed that the bridge is closed and uh, will remain closed for some time 
Okay, so it's definitely it's not going to be back up and running for the school run at one o'clock and possibly not even for the school run later on. The secondary school children, they reckon sometime in the afternoon they expect to open it, but they can't give us a timeline on it yet. Okay, so alternative routes, uh, please, if you are driving through uh, Canturk. Okay, other texts coming into us from Tim says, fantastic news, Patricia, on your vaccination. I registered last Friday, says Tim. So hopefully news soon. By the way, those satellites are the star link from Elon Musk. They provide broadband internet service for remote areas. And sure, it was the issue that we discussed yesterday because the the girls down in West Cork outside of Clan have reached out to Elon Musk and they're going to take a look at it and see if they can help out that a group of people who live just outside, I think it's north of Clannacilty. They're in just one of these broadband black spots. So a number of people have spotted those in the night sky. Uh, hi Patricia, this is Maz. Best of luck with the jab tomorrow. It's like a lot win. Yeah, that's how I described it this morning. Happy birthday to Marsha. I saw those lights last night near Cross Barry. I actually thought they were aliens, says Mags. You're not on your own, Mags. There was a few other people thought they were aliens as well. Uh, Patricia, on the vaccination and the registering and this new portal that they're going to put up for people in cohort seven when the GPs are deciding not, some GPs are deciding not to do cohort uh, seven. But what about people if you're over 65 and in cohort seven would I get going under the new portal. Now, Jar, I'm scratching my head at that particular text because if you're over 65, regardless of what cohort you're in, you should have registered a number of weeks ago. Anybody, anybody now over 50, right up to 69 should be registered because yesterday was the last of the over 50s. It was the 50 year olds were, were allowed to register. Now the portal is still open for some people in their 50s and 60s who shouldn't have registered yet. So Jar, if you're in cohort 7 and you're over 65, I would be getting onto that portal ASAP because they are hoping that by the end of this week that everybody over 60, certainly everybody over 60 that is registered will have been vaccinated and that's why the HSE decided to send 2,000 people from North and West Cork into the city for this weekend to get people uh, vaccinated and with that in mind, the listener says, so Jar, get, get on the portal please. It's uh, hse.ie or you can call them on 1850 24 18 Patricia, in fairness, the HSE did have appointments locally for the rest of the over 60s, as you and a number of others in their 50s are all getting appointments for this weekend. We do not just like to moan for moaning's sake, but my husband and I now have to travel into the city twice on Sunday, as we both have been given city appointments, but they're three hours apart. And no, we can't go together as I inquired. All appointments are separate. Oh, that's, now, that is frustrating. But again, that wasn't deliberately done. That's a computer generating it. The computer doesn't realise that you're both living in, in the same house. I absolutely sense your frustration. But listen, it'll be a, a few hours out in the city for both of you. And at the end of it, you'll be on the road to being vaccinated. Try and turn it into a, a positive if you can. But my heart goes out to you. That is that that for, for two out of the one household to have to do that is just, yeah, I, I feel for you. I certainly feel for you. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp to 0862103103. And just one final text says, well done, Patricia, get your vaccine date uh, so soon. Why are those people attacking very important services within the HSC? This is the cyber attack. They have nothing else better to do. Could these people not put this badness to some good use? It's what I always say when I hear about this cyber attack. The effort that somebody went to, I'm assuming outside of Ireland, 
please, I'm hoping that nobody in Ireland would do it, that they could they could take down a full IT system for a country's health service. The intelligence that it must take and the time that it must take to do that, you're right. Well, that badness that somebody decided to do that, could that not be turned to some positive uh, use? Wish that it could. And I've been asked to congratulate the boys in the Patrician Academy in Mallow who are graduating today. My grandson, Aidan O'Mahony from Drumahan in Mallow is amongst one of the pupils graduating. So the best of luck to everybody. The Patrician Academy in Mallow with their graduations again, similar to last year. Graduation ceremonies are all so different. They, they have always in the past been very special events where the families turn up. I know a lot of them now are being done online and it's just it's another group of students who are missing out on those kind of almost like rites of passage but the schools are doing their very very best and it's listen we're all in, they're all in the same boat together every school doing the very same thing and I know last year there was some great Im, Im, imaginative idea, ideas used for graduation ceremonies I saw I remember in one one of the special schools uh, and of course when the children leave the special schools they've been in there they've started in a special school they would have started at four and they stay in there until they're 18 it's the only school they've ever attended and they did some lovely I remember there was one gorgeous one where they did a drive-by where they had all of the children in the cars with their parents and it was lovely it was just really really lovely so schools are great they really are trying their best so we think of all of those who are graduating but it's the Patrician Academy uh, today Patricia how's that poor man that was driving the lorry in Kentuck I'm told well we've been told he's fine and didn't have any injuries thank God. And there's more photographs. People are obviously out taking photographs. Now the photographs are absolutely dreadful. I mean, this is a huge, big concrete truck that's just, I don't exactly know what happened, but it just looked like it overturned and just in over the side of the bridge and into the river on its side. It really is frightening. And we can be so thankful that all we're talking about are delays in Canturk as they sort out and obviously this repair is going to have to be done to the bridge but thankfully there has been no fatalities. Okay we're going to take a break and we have news at 12 midday on the way in the next hour we'll talk movies with Mark Malone. We will have Fiona Corcoran's report on Cork versus Covid and we're looking at retail and the excitement of retail coming back next Monday. Cork Today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group Want great advice? You know who to talk to cmig.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And I've just got an update from VHI and this is to do with some calls that we've had in from some listeners who were concerned that if you, the rare, very rare side effects to the vaccine, people were contacting us saying, do you know you're not covered under your health insurance? And I have to say it's one of the issues that was put out, fake news, I have to say, by the anti-vax brigade. I saw it posted up on many, many social media sites. They were saying, oh, you know, if it goes around the vaccine, your your health insurance won't cover you. So we've contacted a number of health insurance companies this morning. The VHI were, in fairness to them, were the first ones back to say that VHI will pay for medically necessary treatment in the unlikely event and very slim chance of a complication arising from the administration of a COVID-19 vaccine. So please do not let that worry people. People were concerned that their health insurance cover wouldn't uh, cover 
for them they will they absolutely will OK some other texts coming in to us Joan says Patricia best of luck tomorrow with your job thank you very much would you please say thank you to the nurses and staff at the COVID-19 vaccination centre at the GAA in Mallow they were very kind to me says Joan on Wednesday especially one nurse by the name of Margaret so well done to Margaret and it's just lovely to see so many of those texts coming in of people saying the kindness of the people working at the vaccination centres or at the GP practices people have just been so kind and so careful and the Mitchestown listener says to the listener and I don't know where she was texting from who sent me in a message saying she doesn't want to be a moaner and all of that but she's got to come out of the county to go into the city to get her vaccination on Sunday but the problem in their household is both herself and her husband both got text messages to go to the city I don't know if it's City Hall now or Porky Cueve and they're three hours apart and she said that when she rang the HSC to see if they could be scheduled together they were saying no sorry they're separate appointments you have to, to go separately and Mitchestown listener says tell that lady with the separate appointments for City Hall that on Sunday for the two of them to go in and ask if it's possible for them both to be vaccinated together I know quite a few people that were able to do that says the Mitchestown listener thank you and I should remember that as well because we had a listener remember a couple of weeks ago actually going in was when they started the over 60s cohort and a listener went in with her husband and she had got an appointment it was for the following week and they said sure roll up your sleeve while, you were, while, we're, while you're here we'll do you so they have done that so it is very possible so yeah that's a good suggestion rather than both making because I'm assuming they will both travel up together they're not going if it's three hours apart you're not going to travel from West Cork or North Cork into the city back home because you, as soon as you get home you need to be travelling in again so yes it is certainly worth the chance of going in with whoever's the first appointment and seeing will they both be done together and please let us know how you get on and then Maureen in Temple Martin and says Patricia I wish that the HSE would stop saying that the plan is to have all the 60 to 69 year olds vaccinated this week there are according to Maureen a considerable amount of us in our 60s who are registered and we haven't been called for our vaccination for example I registered she said on the 26th of April I phoned the vaccination line this morning I'm now on an accelerated list but they say it'll be next week at the earliest because they obviously have all the appointments given out for this weekend the HSE person seemed quite surprised surprised that I hadn't been called. Yeah, and Maureen, I'm quite surprised that you haven't been uh, called. There has been some that it, for whatever reason, because it is computer generated, for some reason the computer is missing some people and I don't know why it is happening. But I know that anybody who has contacted us like your good self and we've told them get on to the HSC Live ring the number the 1850 24 1850 give them your details and they've all been accelerated and they do get an appointment so it's just it's a bit unfortunate that it's going to be next week but keep your phone close by you Maureen because it is possible you could, you could get a call for a cancellation maybe and be able to get it but yes certainly there are some people in the 60 to 69 group who they're going to have the bulk of them done and they all already nearly have the bulk of them done and the bulk of them will be done but obviously there's going to be a few that for whatever reason don't get the call and then someone else says when people are complaining about uh, people in the county having to travel into the city this weekend for their vaccination list says I know of a person living in Rathmore in County Kerry guess what they've been called for a vaccination in Limerick City so there you go that's a bit of a trek 
uh, away but glad to take the vaccine so obviously going to make the journey. Now this week's Cork versus Covid looks at retail how retailers have coped through the lockdown and how they're preparing for the reopening and of course uh, retail fully reopens to the general public next Monday. Our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran spoke to many of them across Cork. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Customers are loving being able to come to the store and have the interaction and being able to look around and everyone that's coming in is more than happy to be in the store and feels very safe and comfortable here. It's So Me in Douglas was one of the retailers which opened for click and collect and appointments only this week and owner Vicky Kreber is looking forward to fully reopening on Monday. Oh my God, I absolutely cannot wait to be fully reopened. I mean, I've been opened for one month in the past 20 between the fire and the pandemic and everything so it's just so important for me to be able to finally after all this time get my doors opened properly and hopefully this time stay opened. Also looking forward to welcoming back their customers is Tim Clark of Waterstones. The shop is nothing without its customers. The atmosphere in the shop particularly on a busy day with families um, with, with shoppers in here is hard to beat so we've certainly missed that and we look forward to welcoming them back. He's been telling me about the preparations taking place ahead of the big day. Since we closed our doors, over 700 books have been published. So we've been working our way through that. Deliveries all day, every day. Uh, We're unpacking, we're sorting, we're trying to freshen up our offer. We're really excited about the new books that are here and we're trying to represent them as best we can. We're also cleaning, we're also painting, we're also moving. Um, so lots of work to get to get ready. Many retailers have been operating an online service throughout the lockdown, including Diana O'Mahony Jewellers in the city centre. It's not the same as being open, um, but it has certainly helped us a huge amount through lockdown. And do you think you'll keep that online operation after you've opened? Is it something that you will keep going for the future? Definitely. Um, I, I don't think there there's a future without online, mm-hmm. but I definitely think it, it needs to be a combination of both in-store and online. I, I, I don't think online alone can work. Shane Kennedy says the appointments only service this week has been great for both the retailer and the customer. People are just delighted, they said, to be able to look at things and browse at things and not be looking at a screen to see something and trying to imagine what it looks like. Like people are just so happy to be back out again. Many large retailers have closed down during the pandemic and Wyan Stansfeld of Pinocchio's Toy Shop says independent retailers are more important now than ever. If you don't have shops like ours and you only have you know, a minimal number of UK retailers that are available in every other city, then you, you take all the city centre out. And I mean, there's not that many of us left. I mean, us, household linens, I mean, Murphy's clothes, you know, like there's not there's not a lot of independence left out there. So I think it's very important that people realise that they, they, they need to support us or as a group, I mean, not me personally, you know, they need to support us if they want to keep that, that kind of Corkness. I mean, we are cork. He says the interaction between retailers and customers has been badly missed. One particular customer who said, reckoned she was picking something up from the shop and she said, I swear you're the first adult I've spoken to in two months. You know, I mean, and I think people are really looking forward to, to chatting to people. And I know I am. I mean, I, I do. I do miss that kind of. I mean, that's part of retail. I mean, you know, chatting to people. And, and I do talk a bit. Let's get down to business and that's what people are going to be doing from next Monday. Can I wish the very, very best of luck to everybody 
finally throwing open their doors to the general public from next Monday and to all of the workers. I know a lot of them are back this week with uh, Click and Collect but the big one is going to be from Monday when the sh- all of the shops are open. And that last gentleman speaking is right. Uh, please, if you are heading out shopping next week, remember the small independent stores. They are so important and they're so important to us in the future going forward. We'll, we want to keep all of those independent stores. So if you have money to spend next week, try and spread the love keep it local and try to keep it with some of the independent shopkeepers as well 1850 333 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID-19 pandemic See corkcoco.ie And best of luck to two drive-in bingos that are back in action tonight Kildallery Drive-In Bingo that's at 8 o'clock tonight in the Creamery Car Park and at the other end of the county Castletown Bear Drive in Bingo is returning there earlier there at half past seven tonight and please note if you're going to the Castletown Bear Drive in Bingo there has been a change of location it will now be held on the east end of the pier and Martin Milan and his friends are planning to climb Caron Tuhill on Saturday the 12th of June and it's to raise funds for the wonderful Mallow Search and Rescue you can support them by donating to their GoFundMe page all money raised will go directly to Mallow Search and Rescue who of course uh, are a volunteer service involved in search and rescue of missing people all over the country and Cork Cancer Care Centre they're looking for people to support their virtual fundraising Walk with Warriors every day you're asked to walk for 30 minutes in honour of a warrior in your life and you're encouraged to dress up and make it fun for all the family more details on how you can donate by checking out the Cork Cancer Care Centre on their social media pages Cork Today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie This is the Cork Today replay on C103 may have heard on our news bulletins this morning four fishermen had to be rescued off the West Cork coast after a fire on a trawler 20 miles off the Old Head. Court McSherry RNLI was alerted at 1.45am this morning to go to the immediate aid of this 60 foot vessel that it seems had caught fire. Vincent O'Donovan of the Court McSherry RNLI joins me. Good afternoon to you Vincent. Good morning uh, uh, afternoon, Oh, So while we were all tucked up in our beds you get the alert at quarter to two in the morning. Can you outline what happened? Yeah, I suppose, look, uh, the bleepers go off and uh, the, the, the immediate reaction of all lifeboat crew people and officers would be you jump out of bed and uh, you, the first message would be launch the lifeboat and uh, we could see the second message coming rapidly that there was a, a fire on board a, a vessel uh, uh, 20 miles off the old Lidican sail. So speed was the essence and... Uh, you know, you, you grab the clothes and, uh, you know, the lifeboat uh, crew would be underway within probably about 12 minutes from the getting of, of the call. So it was, a, again, a, a fast getaway this morning. There was 13 of our crew answered the call, seven went out, and uh, it was uh, fairly rapid and it, it, was a, it was a worrying hour, no doubt about it. Do you almost go into autopilot when the that bleeper goes off? Yeah, look, I suppose, uh, you know, I've been... Uh, on the lifeboat crew and, the, and an officer for probably part of 25 years. So I suppose, you know, you do go into autopilot uh, calls in the middle of the night are rare enough now in the last couple of years. Thank uh, God. So knew it was a very serious one this morning uh, and uh, time was gain of the essence. Uh, the boat's away within 12 minutes 
uh, and uh, uh, the rescue 117 held, Coast Guard rescue 117 helicopter from Waterford was alerted as well at the same time. And I suppose, look, once once the raid, the mayday is uh, relayed by uh, the uh, the uh, Coast Guard Marine Rescue Centre in in Valencia, it alerted all boats in the area, you know, to to please assist, and they would also come on scene very quickly. And thanks be to God, this morning, though, there was uh, there was two big uh, offshore uh, supply boats uh, at the gas rigs, uh, decommissioning the gas rigs, so they had their uh, fast boats as well. And uh, they were on the scene pretty shortly as well. So it happened very, very quickly, you know, uh, from the minute the mayday was alerted from the, the four crew people on board the lifeboat. Uh, I'd say it was only a couple of minutes before they abandoned the, the boat because it happened so fast they were engulfed in flames. It's an amazing community, isn't it, that's out onshore and out at sea when something like this goes wrong. Everybody just responds. Absolutely, absolutely. It's in the nature of fishermen. It's in the nature of the people that that are, that are out there fishing. It's in the nature of everyone involved in the in the in the Arnold Oil lifeboat and in, in the Coast Guard units right around the, the, the country. That you drop everything and and, and you go there. And, and this morning we we the warring first hour, you know, because it, 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 the, the vessel went on went in flames very very quickly. They were lucky. They were experienced fishermen. Uh, they had their life jackets on. They were very experienced. They 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 they, they abandoned their their, their vessel uh, into their their what we call the orange life raft, which is which inflates very quickly, and uh, they jump in, and uh, then they're to the mercy of the sea. But uh, they know that uh, there's going to be rescue services close by. But thanks to God, they got that mayday out. Yeah, and is that unusual that a boat would catch fire? You know, a, a fishing vessel of that size would go up so quickly. We're getting yes, absolutely, in flames. Absolutely, absolutely. But electrical falls happen in 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 in, in boats uh, as they happen in cars, and you know, it, I think it happened in the accommodation section of the boat, uh, and and it did take fire and take flames absolutely very quickly. And look, the the the, the boat ultimately sank just uh, just just before seven a.m. And uh, you know, people may have seen some images there of the the boat sinking, and and it's literally burned out completely on top. My God, my God! And the the four people would they have been would some of them have been asleep when it would have started? The fact it was yeah, quarter to yeah, two in the morning. Yeah, like uh, they, they 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 had start, just started their 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 fishing routine for 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 the number of days. They, they, you know, they would be they'd be too. Uh, they, they just fired their 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 their, their fishing gear. So normally they'd be a couple asleep and, and, and a couple manning the, 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 the fishing operation. So look, it was a skillful operation by their, 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 their skipper and he got all his crew off quickly, uh, got him into that life raft and uh, that life raft was a lifesaver, you know. Okay. And uh, it, it, is, it is a good outcome this morning and, and a good outcome for everybody. Okay, and they're all okay, the... Yes, they are. Yeah. They are. The Court Mac lifeboat brought them in just after five o'clock this morning to the to the jetty in in, in Court Mac, and they they were pretty anxious to get back home to their families, and they were met by their their their, their relations uh, at the pier and, and and went back home, and they were highly thankful of of of, of the uh, the lifeboat and all the rescue services today, the Coast Guard uh, helicopter who was there in, in in rapid time as well, and all that the the, the supply boats out there and everyone that went to their aid. And once again showing how important you guys are and how important all of the RNLI boats uh, are and the importance of fundraising that you guys are able to continue doing what you're doing. 
Absolutely, and we thank everybody, you know, that, that, that supports us. You know, we've got, uh, we've got the stations covering right across the county, Cork and Union Hall and Baltimore and Castledown Bear and Kinsale and Ballycotton and Yall and Crosshaven and County Cork alone and all the other different Coast Guard units, land units and the helicopters that are dotted around the coast. And they are at the call every single minute. And, you know, like, OK, the lads, uh, we, you know, that uh, back to their beds after the, the call out. You know, if there was no call out, come, it came in the next probably 10 minutes they'd probably be up again and away for road, you know. But that's the nature of, of yeah. like, both people and the rest of your service. Yeah, and it is, as you said at the outset, it, it is unusual now to get overnight calls, isn't it? It doesn't happen yeah, that often. Yeah, I suppose over the years we, we, we would have had more overnight calls and, you know, of, of, of late now, you know, the, 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 we, we didn't have probably an overnight call for the last two years. And it's, it's unusual that, that uh, we would have got uh, two calls to two trawlers and fishing vessels in the last six days, you know, and uh, both had good outcomes, thanks be to God. Uh, and uh, it is unusual, but it, it, the same psychic in, in the lifeboat person, uh, they jump uh, and uh, on the clothes. Uh, the person will probably know exactly where, where the clothes will be anyway <laughs> and the, the car will be faced down to life first day. Okay, you're, you're, you're a mighty man. Listen, well done, uh, Vincent. Thank you for that and thanks for giving us that update. Thank you very much. Good afternoon to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Vincent O'Donovan from the Court McSherry Lifeboat and uh, well done that everything worked out okay and those four fishermen back with their families. Thank God. And everybody is okay. Listener says, Hi, my hubby and I got vaccinated on the same day at the vaccination centre in Clonakilty. I had the appointment but my husband had registered but he'd heard nothing. Well, we went in and they gave me his vaccination. Great service. Yeah, so I think that's what our listener who's going into the city on Sunday needs to do. The two of you need to go in together on the first appointment and see do you both get done together because it's looking like a lot of people have done that in the past and it has worked. Hi Patricia, it's ironic that during the week you were only talking with Quilta about dumping. Was that only yesterday I did that uh, Quilta uh, interview? Was it? Uh, oh no, it wasn't. It was on um, Wednesday. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, ironic that you were only talking to Mick Power from Quilta about dumping in the forestry and in the countryside. As I was going home from work yesterday, I saw a mattress and a baseboard of a bed dumped off the side of the road by an entrance to forestry and fields next to it of a neighbour. I met him on the road just after that and it was gone this morning. So I presume he himself, my neighbour, had to, because it was bordering his land, had to dispose of the mattress and the baseboard himself and to think that the culprit had to load that into a van and take a chance of being caught dumping it on what is a busy enough road and it is a back road from North Cork to West Limerick but it's still a busy enough road but he could have taken it onto a recycling centre but then probably he would think I'd have to pay for that since it dumps it on the side of the road and then if your neighbour ended up bringing it to a recycling centre did he have to cover the cost of disposing of it then it's shocking yeah it is shocking and nobody nobody's of course they do it it's usually done in the the dead of night or under cover of darkness even though some of them are very cheeky some of them really are cheeky and will go out at any time of the day or night to dispose of rubbish and leave it to somebody else to clean up after them shameful 1850 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Talk the talk. And with suggestions of some movies you might want to watch this weekend, Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, joins us. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi Patricia, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, and you're welcome. Okay, you have watched two movies for us. The first is called Mortal Kombat and the second is called The Mitchells versus The Machines. Let's start with a trailer from Mortal Kombat. Throughout history, different cultures reference a great war. Worlds and species that we didn't even know existed. This war was known as Mortal Kombat. The fate of Earth is in our hands. Does that mean I'm going to get superpowers at any point? Now we're talking about, I'm assuming, sci-fi here and it's combat spelt with a K and it's a MMA fighter in it? I... Um, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, the thing is that, uh, that there's a running joke about that uh, K, by the way, which is kind of funny, where they actually bring that. I think the, the character, the Australian you heard there, uh, an actor by the name of Joss Lawson, actually refers to that. He says, you can't even spell it right, mate. It's spelt with a K, which was really quite funny. Um, this is based on the old uh, video game. I presume you didn't play it, did you? No, I've heard of it, but I didn't play it, no. No, actually, neither did I, in fact. I was never really a gamer. And over the years, actually, the transfer of kind of uh, video games to screen hasn't really been very successful. This has been filmed before, back in the late 80s. It was Christoph Lambert, I think, uh, who was in it. And I went back and I watched the trailer just to see if I actually had watched it before. And I had. I remember thinking it was kind of fun in a kind of really kind of, kind of cheesy kind of a way. And, uh, but this is actually way better, which really, really caught me by surprise because I wasn't expecting it. Because, as I say, a lot of these video games that uh, are turned into movies uh, are really, really poor and tend to be kind of very very kind of disappointing and I was expecting that to be the same although I'd kind of heard a few things about it and that it was better than you might think the Super uh, Mario one is one that of, comes uh, to mind the Super Mario one but it's funny that you say that because 
Yeah, that was the one with uh, Bob Hoskins, wasn't yeah. it? And that is that people look at that as being probably the worst ever, and it was. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> terrible. But there have been a few poor ones over the years. Uh, but uh, Simon McCoy here, um, he's been very, very clever when it comes to the the production of this film because what he wanted was to try and do his very, very best to try and at least make a film that would satisfy the gamers. Because I think in the past, when people have made these uh, kind of movies about video games, they've just completely ignored the fans and just said, look, we're just going to make our own movie and we're going to do what we want to do. But here, at least he did try and uh, put something on screen that uh, would kind of keep the fans happy. But then there's people like you and me who will, of course, not really know what's going on. And so, therefore, there's a lot of exposition in the film. There's a lot of kind of, you know, uh, there's a lot of descriptions of what's going on and what will happen and, and what will happen when it happens. And so, but I was lucky in the sense that I had a 20-year-old daughter next to me who knows this world inside out, who has played the games. And it was like I was getting this running commentary next to, to me throughout the whole film. And she would tell me, that's good, that's bad, that's very good, that's very similar. And she would get very, very excited sometimes. It was like having Jimmy McGee next to me explaining the offside rule. You know, it was, it was really handy. And uh, she was, you know, she got very, very excited as well as we were watching this film. Because what they've done here is that, you know, you do have people who are, who are thinking, I think, about the fans. And they have thought about the characters and the characterization here. The casting is very, very good. And it's also very, very funny. Uh, there's a character in this, the Australian guy you heard there in the uh, uh, in the trailer, a man by the name of Joss Lotion, who plays this character called Kano in this. And he's kind of he kind of breaks the fourth wall a lot with kind of modern kind of topical kind of references like Harry Potter. And at one stage he wants to fight somebody. He says, "Fight me with your fists, not with this Harry Potter kind of stuff." And at one stage he's fighting a guy who has no shirt on, and he says, "All right, Magic Mike, let's go for it," you know. And a lot of that is really, really funny. The thing that I think the the thing about this film that people have to to take into consideration, especially if you've got kids, and especially if you've got kids that have maybe played the game, uh, the, the 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 level of violence here has been turned up to eleven. I mean, it really is quite extraordinary, and it's almost kind of gratuitous. But it's it, the weird thing is that normally, you know, I don't particularly like violence, as you know, but it, unless it's in the right place, I mean, it 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 is extraordinary the, the gore in this film. But at least it seems to be done in a kind of a very kind of a cartoon way. So at no time did I kind of was I horrified by it. I was more like a kind of kind of reaction mm. to it so keep that in mind it's a 15 cert but I can tell you this when I grew up in the 70s if I had seen this in the cinema this would have been an 18 cert without a doubt so keep that in mind it is extraordinarily violent it's also very very entertaining one of the things when I think western directors make movies kind of about martial arts is that one of the problems that they do is that they tend to kind of use a lot of slow motion and a lot of close-ups whereas they don't if you ever watch any of the Hong Kong movies with Jackie Chan it, he, he kind of always references kind of movies like, um, like Fred Astaire Fred Astaire always made it quite clear that you saw him from head to toe you saw him completely on screen at all times. And they've done this here as well. They've made it funny. The casting is very good. And in the end, I was really entertained by it, much more than I thought it was going to be. Well done, well done. So that's Mortal Kombat. Mark it out of 10. Oh, just as he was finishing the first movie, our line, we seem to be having a bit of a tech problem there. Let's see if we can get Mark. We may have to go to a phone line uh, with him instead. And while I'm waiting for Mark to get back on to me, just John in Blackpool has sent in a text just to alert other people to say, Hi Patricia, I got a suspicious text yesterday. It was claiming to be from AIB Bank asking me to change my password. They said by changing the password, it would make it easier to buy online. I obviously didn't answer the text, but I did phone AIB immediately because obviously John had 
a bank account with AIB. They told me it is a scam. So deleted the message immediately, but just to make people aware of that. I mean, and often what happens is when you get a text message like that, you, if you don't have, a, like I don't have an AIB bank account. So if I saw that, I would know straight away that it was a scam. But if you did have an AIB bank account, you might think, oh, they want me to change my password. So please be careful of that. And thank you, John, for alerting that uh, to us. Now, uh, Mark is back us by phone. Um, sorry about that. You, you finished beautifully. And I was just saying, what, what would you give it out of 10, Mortal Kombat? Um, do you know I'd give it a good 8 8 out of 10 yeah, okay way better right. than I thought but just keep in mind if you've got kids and you've got to don't the violence is extraordinary and we go from that very violent movie to I imagine the exact opposite because this is animation and this is the Mitchells versus the Machines yeah and again uh, it, uh, another film that came in under the radar um, suddenly it was on you know my Netflix menu and I thought well this is kind of interesting it didn't uh, you know interest me in the sense that I heard very little about it it doesn't have a, a huge cast probably the most you know famous person in the film is Danny McBride and you think well you know it's not exactly he's not exactly an A-list kind of star then then I heard that it was actually made by the people who made uh, the Lego movies yeah. and the Lego movies were extraordinary and they really were and so when I heard that they were involved and they got involved with the writing and the produ- produ- producing here I thought okay if they can live up to the kind of reputation of the Lego movies, then certainly this is something I want to see. And I'm glad to be able to say that it is extraordinary. It really is. I mean, I know I keep saying this about animation. I always seem to give 10 out of 10s to animation. But, you know, when you consider the amount of time it takes to, to, to put, you know, two seconds of uh, uh, animation screen, you know, on your screen. Um, it's incredible. It it's ju- it's, and it, it's the, it, the talent behind it. Is, and when you get good animation, it is amazing. But this is the thing. I mean, the thing is, is that everybody thinks that computers just do it. No, because, of course, you've got artists who have to sit down and they have to draw all of this stuff and they've got to animate it then. And then, of course, they use computer programs to help them do it. But it still takes an extraordinary amount of talent, you know, to get the colours right, to get, uh, you know, the shading right. And and I'm glad to be able to say this is really, really funny in the way that I didn't expect it to be because it did catch me by surprise. It's a family that's kind of very, very similar to The Incredibles. And I think they are referencing The Incredibles here. The father has this huge chest, very, very similar to Mr. Incredible. Uh, the wife is extraordinarily intelligent. Uh, there's a troubled teenage girl. Uh, the little boy is just completely mad and crazy. And in fact, you know, their animation actually looks similar to The Incredibles. But this is very, very, very much kind of disjointed kind of family. They're, uh, they're in no, no way, in any way, shape or form like The Incredibles. And the film kind of basically kind of tends to target the relationship between the teenage girl and the father. And it reminds me of a film some years back with um, Robin Williams where, I think it was called V, where he wasn't getting on with his teenage daughter. And they would the you know these kind of flashbacks to when she was seven and eight. It was and a great movie. Thought, yeah, when she thought his fa- her father was just the greatest thing ever, and now she's in her teens and she sits in her room just on her phone all the time. And that's very much the relationship here between um, the father and daughter. And there is a, a very similar flashback again when she thought he was just amazing, and now she's just frustrated and annoyed by him all the time. She wants to go to film school. She decides on a film school that's as far away from him as possible. And on the day that she decides to take the flight to the film school, he decides, we're not going by airplane. Guess what? We're going to take a family road trip, which, as you could imagine, just frustrates her terrible. But once they're on that road trip, we are then introduced to this character who's a very kind of Elon Musk type character. Uh, He runs kind of a social media company. And uh, he has developed these robots. And, of course, what happens? The robots decide that they have taken enough orders and they decide to take over the world. And then what happens is the robot apocalypse. And uh, and so what family is left on Earth to try and save the world and save the Earth? The Mitchells. Yes, it's the Mitchells. <laughs> and 
I'm glad to be able to say that the film looks amazing. I mean, the, the, here, like the standard of animation, as usual, as you expect, is excellent. But it's just the detail, and not just the, the, the detail on what you're seeing, but what you're hearing. I mean, again, because these, this is made by the men who and uh, women who made the um, the Lego uh, movies, this is very, very clever, and it's so funny, and you laugh constantly throughout the whole uh, film. I, I, every now and then, the film will actually stop and freeze on screen too, and uh, there will be, you know, uh, these freeze frames of just descriptions of what might happening, what might not happen, what's going to happen next, and lots of kind of descriptive little gags. It kind of reminds me of uh, kind of like the Art Man movies where there's always loads happening in the background, and it's the same here. There's a lot of information kind of being fired at you all the time. So, you know, in subsequent uh, viewings, you will see something that you haven't seen before. Uh, like, you know, and it, it, it looks at modern society, and it looks at, at, at how... Uh, social media has now affected our lives. You know what I mean? When yeah. I grew up, when I sat at the breakfast table, I read the back the cornflakes packet. <laughs> of course, nowadays, what do people do? They pick out their phones, their computers. And there's, there's a very funny scene where they're sitting around for breakfast. They've all got their phones out. And my father says, no, you're going to put them all away. And for 10 seconds, we are going to talk. And it's the longest 10 seconds of silence I've ever seen on screen. And it's really, really funny. And the script is is about as good as you would uh, hope. Uh, I did mention that, you know, it's kind of a, not so much an A-level cast, but all the cast are very good. You've got Fred Armiston, you've got Danny McBride, you've Maya Rudolph. Um, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend are also in the movie, and they provide some of the music. And uh, it's terrific. It really is. It's a film for all the family. Everybody will love it. It's funny, and it makes you think, and I enjoyed everything. Yeah, I was just going to say, what age group would you pitch it at? But you, you reckon it's for all the family? I think everybody would enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing, there's no, there's there's nothing, nothing in there to offend anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And it will keep the smallies entertained as well because it is animation. Indeed, yeah. yeah. It, it, it looks beautiful, it's very colourful, and they will certainly love the little boy who just loves dinosaurs. There's, <laughs> a, there's a scene, for example, where you know he just wants people to talk to him about dinosaurs. So he goes through the film, the, the, the phone book, and he rings people and he goes, will you talk to me about dinosaurs? <laughs> no? Okay. And he puts the phone down, and then he rings somebody else, you know. It's very funny. It's very clever, and I enjoyed it very much. Okay, that's the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's on Netflix. Market at a 10? I tend to give animated films that are like 10 out of 10. Yeah. I'm not going to because okay. the, third, the third act just slows down ever so slightly. All right. So I give, give it a good 9. 9 out of 10. All right, listen, thanks for that. Have a lovely week and we'll chat you next Friday, Mark. Thanks for that. Uh, bye-bye. That is uh, Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. And C103, we're delighted that we're back playing bingo. This time we've teamed up with the National Council for the Blind, the NCBI. Uh, people have been playing bingo all week, but a reminder to you that bingo books are still on sale. And uh, every day you're in with a chance of winning €300. Euro. There's a weekly jackpot. We do that on a Wednesday. And when do we call out the numbers? The numbers are called out at 20 past 1, 20 past 4 and 20 past 8. Now, bingo books are available in a host of shops across Cork. Let me give you an example of some of them. If you're in Killa, you can get them in a Hearns Centre in Killa, while in Inishannon, Omoroku's Gala on the main street in Inishannon. If you're in Mitchellstown, Dave Conroy's, that's the top oil on the Formoy Road in Mitchellstown and the Spa in Spar, that's on Upper Cork Street in Mitchellstown. While if you're in McCroom, you can pop into O'Leary's at Super Value. That's where bingo books are on sale. And if there isn't a shop with bingo books on sale close by, you can also buy your bingo books by going on to c103.com. 
ie. So make sure you grab your bingo books now and uh, be ready to play on Cork's Greatest Hits C103. But the good news is the proceeds going to the National Council for the Blind. A really, really worthwhile charity. And we've been asked to play a request for Emma Hartnett in Mallow on her birthday. Happy birthday to you, Emma. And a listener says, Patricia, I just got my Pfizer jab in City Hall. I'm on a high with delight. You told me two weeks ago to hang in there when I wasn't hearing from them. So glad to hear you getting yours tomorrow. Enjoy the experience. I absolutely will. Thank you for that. Okay, that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the weekend. Can I wish you the happiest of weekends? And I'll talk to you on Monday at 10 o'clock on the Nine Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.